Life is full of surprises. Some good, some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals? Plus, they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs, especially when those unexpected turns come up. It's the personalized attention you can count on. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. We started our company, Girls Who Do Interiors, before we even graduated design school. And we turned to Chase for Business to build along with us. They had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place. And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of DIC. And now it's time to talk telly with the best TV trio since Anton Deck Dish Bruce. It's time for Luke, for Luke Gary, Gary, and Matt with the Custard TV Podcast. Let's go! You know how that intro there says, uh, Time to Talk Telly with Luke, Gary, and Matt? Well, I am Luke. I'm Gary. And I'm Matt. Hey, no one told you. No one told you to. No one told you to speak, Matt. <laughs> okay, it's the, it's the custom TV podcast. Uh, what we do here is we spend forty-five minutes talking about the best and the worst on the box, uh, reviewing the latest telly, previewing what's coming, and giving you all the latest news as well. Um, so, how has your week been, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Gary? It's been rather good so far, uh, and I've just finished a nice spaghetti bolognese dinner, and uh, we're going to see if that makes me any better of a podcaster. I've also had spaghetti bolognese, so I am in the <coughs> same right. race as Gary. As Matt being northern is going to have either pie or gravy and chips. What's going to be in your pie? Chips. Gravy. Chips. Chip pie. Chip pie. Actually, that's chip pie. Actually, can you get me the Dragon's Den number? That sounds quite good. A chip pie. Surprised there isn't a fish and chip shop that hasn't done a chip pie before sure, now. Oh yeah. So now I find quite taxing um, doing a chip butty. Go on. I find it quite a stressful. I find it quite a stressful thing to do, really. That. Well. For me, a chip butty is not a planned thing. It happens when you have chips and you go, oh, I'll get, uh, get a couple of slices of bread. Yeah. <coughs> You're overthinking the chip butty, Luke. That's your problem. All right. <laughs> so, if you just tuned in, you're listening to a TV podcast. Uh, <laughs> you may not have guessed it. So, uh, we're all to crack on, really. Yeah. Uh, in the news front, um, Broadchurch creator Chris Chibnall is going to return to Doctor Who for Series 8. He has become a god of this podcast, so anything yep. he does from now on, we're going to salute. Um, ITV are planning a rival Strictly show called Shall We Dance? I love the I'll fact that, that, that they've, they've left the question mark in. Shall, shall We Dance? Yeah. 
This as well. Yeah. It's going to be it... celebrities dancing with their real life other halves as well. I read. So there's no oh, professional. Pauline yeah. Quirk could do it with her dog <laughs> off a broad church. Maybe. I'd like to see that. Yeah. That'd be awful. Please, like that. It will be awful. Uh, would it? Okay. Um, this I am very excited about. Keely Hawes and Robert Lindsay are joining the cast of one of our favourite shows from last year, Line of Duty on BBC Two. I am extremely excited about this, and I already know uh, that the storyline is going to be very different but very interesting this time round. Vicky McClaw, Martin Compson, and Adrian Dunbar from last series also signed up to reappear in their roles. How do you feel about Robert Lindsay? That's sort of out of nowhere, isn't it? Well, Pretty good. I mean, he was Morrissey, in Spy, wasn't he? Yeah. Neil Morrissey was in the last series, and I don't yeah. think I thought that would work. <coughs> I reckon Robert, Robert Lindsay was in Spy, which was on B, uh, yes, Sky was. 1, wasn't he? Yeah. So I reckon, as, as Line of Duty, as brilliant it is, seems to be plucking, like, 90s sitcom stars out with Robert Lindsay for My Family and... Martin um, and Neil Morrissey out of Baden Badly. Bagsy Ricky Tomlinson for the next series? Maybe. I think so. Possibly. But yeah, um, Line of Duty Series 2. It was also announced today that uh, the DVD of Series 1 is going to be out in August, which sort of makes me think we could get an August transmission date for the Series 2s. That's a bit so of a long time for, mm. for a series. You know, you'd think it'd come out straight afterwards. If it was an ITV programme, it would have been out the Monday after it finished yeah. transmitting. <laughs> so. It'd be on the night it came out. Yes. You'd be able to go and buy it. Pre-order it. From you'd be able to go out and buy it in the adverts of the programme. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Channel 4's Fried Chicken Shop, which was on in January, is going to return for a three-part series. I must admit, it was one of those quirky, funny programmes that I enjoyed. I don't know whether it needs three more, but we'll see. I'll, my uh, only hope is that they mind. move to different chicken shops. Mm. Although the one that, the one that <laughs> they... That your, when you say your only hope, do you mean your only hope in life? Or <laughs> just... <laughs> in only hope for this podcast. No, it's just that I mean, <laughs> they kind of... I kind of feel like I know what goes on in that chicken shop because of where it was and, and with the people that were in it. Let's see another one. Yeah, I, yeah, I think see the that, people yeah. may have sort of taken to the characters in the in that one-off. Yeah. As the only person that, of the three of us who hasn't watched it, though, I'm 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 sort of out of this one. You still haven't seen it? No. I don't thought it'd be. There was no pies in it. It's probably why it wasn't plus, really. Plus, up it your was a one-off. If it's the pie shot, series, he would have watched the first, the first one. The first one. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, an interesting cast list for um, ITV's. Um, um, what is this? Hey, call the midwife sort of. Yeah, it's drama. a sixty set like medical drama. Probably turn up on uh, Sunday nights, no doubt. It is. Sort yeah. of, they've called it ITV's answer to call the midwife. Like anyone asked that question mm. in first. But I thought call the midwife was BBC's answer to Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yeah, but so. Downton Abbey is uh, is BBC's answer to Saturday Night Takeaway. Ah, uh, right. So it's all a bit of a mess. He's asking these uh, questions. <laughs> Joanna Page from Gavin and Stacey. She keeps asking Sarah the question. Parrish. <laughs> Sorry. Joanna Page from Gavin and Stacey. Sarah Parrish, but most recently seen in ITV's Monroe, which we loved. Yep. And Jack Davenport, who always fails, who always manages to irritate me in, every, in any role <laughs> he's in, will star in this new series that's currently filming and we'll see in the autumn. Also, coming back to ITV, two more series of comedy Benidorm. 
Can we use the word that, 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 yeah, yeah, playing fast and loose with the word yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose now, we should be thankful for BAFTA nomination in that category then, I suppose. I also want to add to this news that um, oh, ITV. Oh, whoa, whoa, has this news been approved? I want to add, Gary. Where's the verification? I want to add, news? Gary. I want to add, Gary. And I'm going to add, for I am in control of the buttons. Um, ITV, speaking of ITV comedy, their new pair of comedies, The Job Lot and Vicious, which star Ian McKellen uh-huh. and Derek Jacoby, are going to be on Monday night together at 9 o'clock in. What will forever on this podcast be known as the Broadchurch slot? I am so annoyed they're sticking two half-hour, half-assed comedies in that slot. But we'll get to that nearer the time. But that's think, been just, just that, do you not think they could have held off um, the Ice Cream Girls and replaced it? With well, that's what I would have done. Yeah. I mean, I know it's got... Uh, it's not a similar storyline, but it's a crime story drama, you know, storyline. So, yeah. I'm annoyed at ITV. Well, I'm annoyed. Although they are now trailering... But, have you seen the new Laughter Lives on ITV trailer that they've started? Oh, like, see that, that That's something I want to just touch on very briefly. All the... I've seen Laughter Lives, I've seen Drama Lives, I've news. seen News Lives. Yeah. It's extremely... It's an extremely irritating yeah. ad campaign. I think the Drama Lives one was fair enough, because they have tried to improve their drama since, like, last autumn. They've, mm. they've made a real sort of move into producing a lot of new drama but this laughter lives you know the trailer for that had like clips from downton abbey a clips from towie on there you know they're not known for their just comedy. generally people laughing yeah, wasn't exactly. it really they're not Matt known towie. for their comedy are they itv mm. particularly so i mean they are trying to move into that area you know with these two new comedies and obviously the security man we had as a one-off uh, last well, whilst we're talking about idents can i just complain about the bbc ones um, spring. Yeah, had they started that three weeks ago, maybe the BBC could have actually got ahead of the game and we wouldn't have perhaps had the problems with the, the, the long winter. You know, thank you, BBC. You only announced spring in mid-April. Playing it safe again with our licence fee money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, we're not TV nerds. We just get angry about idents. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, a bit of a difference. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's a difference. Um, so that's the news done. Uh, so anything you'd like to say about the news, you can get in touch with us on Twitter throughout the podcast and throughout the week as well. Um, I'm at Luke Custard TV. Go on, Matt, you go next. Okay, I'm at Matt's TV Bites. And I'm at The Gary Show. Because uh, that was that weird. Was... I don't like it when we change yeah, things. I know, I know. I it, it links in nicely with that I'm doing the next bit, so it's like a smooth. It's like I a know, but... I'm auditioning for the one show here. <laughs> if you're going to be spontaneous, though, tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'll raise my hand. <laughs> uh, moving on to the <laughs> yeah. ever popular review section. Firstly, uh, we need to kind of collectively stand and applaud Broadchurch episode seven. Um, yeah, no, come on. I mean, now... Luke might not, I don't Luke know. Might not, no. Now, just to sort of break that fourth wall, normally, uh, us here at the podcast, we get to see things sometimes before you in the public domain. But um, episode seven, the, the last episode of Broadchurch, episode eight, are not available even to us TV gods. <laughs> um, yeah. They're just available to the production company. 
I, it's I, taken me a long time to to get to grips with that. Yes, um, I'm not used to being a normal. So we, I learned that this week. So we watched and t and tweeted along. Now, unfortunately, although I was planning to tweet quite heavily during Broadchurch, a the Boston situation had just happened, and it seemed a little insensitive to be talking about a TV show. I felt that as also well. Also, the news, and also as well, I found it actually quite hard because Broadchurch is the kind of program you don't want to miss anything. It's yeah. not the sort of program you can sit and tweet about. I was taking notes because I obviously had to write a review straight after yeah. having not oh, seen a Marta! Marta! <laughs> <laughs> what, what did we genuinely think about this episode? It, it focused mostly on the arrests of Nige and Pauline Quirk and the non-death <laughs> of her dog. Susan! Susan! Quirk! Well, that's right. Uh, and the non-death of her dog, which I have to say, Nige, Aww. when you interviewed him, did a fantastic job of not giving away whether the dog had died. He did Can we say just say... That, that you didn't actually see him yeah. That's right. kill the dog. Can we just say now, actually, if if Joe Sims is listening, I don't think we've said this on a podcast, he was the most lovely man to yeah, interview. So thank you very much, Matt. If you haven't heard the, the interview, the impression I got, I mean, I don't know whether he was just being cagey, but when you, are, when you sort of asked him about what he's doing next, if that man hasn't got an acting job lined up, shame on you, production companies. He's... He, really, he's shame brilliant. on you. But, and he managed to carry on being Bristolian throughout the whole thing as well. Well, Which I thought was credit to. I will never say a bad word about Broadchurch. I will never say a bad word about it, honest to goodness. Yeah. Unless the end is a massive disappointment, yeah. but I can't see it being. But I think this episode was the least exciting for me. Oh, not really? Yeah, I don't I don't agree with Luke either. You already told me that earlier and I was like, shut your mouth. I th I think that realistically, what what they needed to do this is this is a great thing. I I I'll link this through to something else. What they did was they built that tension. They mm. introduced you to what you thought was you know she said she saw Nige on the beach holding the body. Then throughout the episode, you found out that you think perhaps she's making it up because of this wonderful sort of storyline of her being his mother. And mm. then right at the end, she says, "No, I still saw you." Yeah. So you still don't know, and then the wonderful bit right at the end, and I know a lot of people were annoyed about it of the way they did it, but the wonderful, wonderful way in which they did the reveal at the end about uh, Tom Miller um, and his son and the computer and the emails. Yeah. You're gonna have to run that past me. What? The, well, what? What the reveal? Right at, right at the end, because the vicar uh, gave. Uh, David Tennant's character, the computer, and right, knowing uh, that, that much, it, I know. Knowing that it was his partner's son's computer, instead of like you know putting it through the normal channels, he said, "No, email me separately. You know, me personally. What's on that hard drive?" And that that information only came through to his email in the very last scene. So what's that got to do with Joe Miller? Sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong character. I do apologise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you completely lost. About... There's like a broad church twist oh, then that I thought I'd missed. Take it slightly. Okay. Uh... So it's to do with it's to do with Olivia Coleman's husband's character. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You, he he's kind of yeah. moving more to the front of the. I mean, who who for you are the front runner? For, you know, killers. Who who are the front runners? Well, Matt and I have have a, a similar idea. Yeah. Um, the Ollie, the newspaper kid. 
is the front runner for me, and I will tell you for why. Okay. I will tell you for why, and then I will shush. Idea and Luke sort of piggybacks on it. Well, no, I, I, no, I haven't piggybacked it. I've embellished it and made it more realistic and less (laughs) northern. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's here's the feeling. Ollie, first of all, is Olivia Coleman's nephew. Right. His mother is struggling for some reason, struggling for money. Yep. He's bored of working on a tin pot newspaper whose top story is the school sports day and things of that nature. He wants to further his career a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and work with people of Vicky McClure's uh, calibre. And uh, he was on the boat trip that Nige and all the others were on. Now, next week when we talk about Broadchurch, that theory will be proved to be wrong and everything I know about television will be upside down. He also was there, you know, he had the information about Jack Marshall before anyone else. Don't forget that. Mm. That was another Mm. thing. And he could have easily been the person in the, you know, that Jack Marshall saw, uh, what's his name, Danny arguing with. I I like it as a theory because... He he's certainly been in and around. I just don't think they fleshed out the the storyline with his mother enough to convince me that that's the reason. I, I, what I'm what I've always struggled with with whoever the killer was, and I've always believed it was David Tennant's character. And I'm kind of it would be it would be someone be some, that much we it know is the motive. And mm-hmm. only in this last episode have I seen something akin to a motive where. Um, there's this stealing of, of pheasants and things, <laughs> and but no, but I mean, you know, I knew it'd be a yeah. pheasant. No, but there's just because it, I can't quite, I can't quite yeah. vocalise it, but it's just like there was something enough there to make me think, yeah, there's a motive, because money is a big motive, as you said. Yeah, what it could have been though, as well, is that if it is Tom. You know that has killed Danny, and Joe's helped him cover it up, which is another sort of popular theory. Yeah. It could have been an accident, and that may be as well. If it may have been Nige with the hunting thing, there could have yeah. been an accident, and he could have just instead of saying, you know, Danny died as an accident, he covered it up. That's what it could be, rather than just a cold-blooded murder. If they want to sort of make it a little bit more realistic, I, I just can't wait for Monday at nine o'clock. I really can't. I actually genuinely cannot wait. It's a television event, as far as I'm concerned. Well, they've been playing these new trailers now, haven't they? With the mm. clothes, with the you know the. I have. I have to say, I want to say two things about Broadchurch, if I may. Of course. One is that I've seen all of the BBC and ITV and Channel 4, just all of these UK crime dramas for over the last ten, twelve years. This is the most well-paced. Yeah. And well thought out and well stretched out of the of the genre I've ever come across. And secondly, as you quite rightly say, uh, say it is event television. It's something to look forward to. I love a lot of telly, as you know. I've spat mm. on about it. There's very few things where I am literally excited. Uh, I, c- I can wait for just about anything. But I'm excited about Broadchurch coming back. So much so that I almost don't want the reveal. Because the reveal, whatever it is, is going to be unsatisfying to me. Because I just love the series and the atmosphere so much. Well, the only reason I don't want the reveal is... The only reason I don't want the reveal is that means that's the end. And all I've got to look forward to is the box set and the extras and what the actors do next. Because there's not going to be another Broadchurch, I don't think. Um, There isn't. That's confirmed. So a lot, a lot of new ITV drama which isn't as good coming up as me. Yeah. What What I would say is that the 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 way in which they've done this, and I, 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 if we if we ever get a chance to talk to Chris Chibnall ever again, is um he must have seen I think an American series called Murder One, 
where they did a, I don't know if you've either of you have heard of that although they did a 24-parter and it was more of a legal point of view they did this huge great big thing about who was it and who done it I mean similar I suppose in the way perhaps a bit too young for all of us or too old for us is the Dallas who shot JR kind of conspiracy that whole kind of and I remember who shot Phil Mitchell yeah well maybe it's the same sort of thing but that whole kind of mystery and who done it and and as you say that maybe the reveal is just uh, particularly in a soap because of course it keeps going but the i'm really looking forward to the reveal in, 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 a lot in of the scandinavian drama as well in there isn't there there's a lot of yeah sort of nordic noir focusing on the family as much as the um you know the investigation yeah there's a lot of influence from that that sort of genre as well I'm really looking forward to I, I, something that we didn't cover in the news is that Jodie Whittaker has been cast in a new Sky One drama called something like Up in Smoke or In Smoke. In the Smoke. In smoke. Can I also so, just say before we we draw the line on Broadchurch, although I said it wasn't the most exciting episode, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And I was no. really, really loved David Tennant specifically in this one. Yeah. I, I thought I, his performance was just We've got a very David Tennant heavy spring and summer, haven't we? I mean, we've got Politician's Wife, which we'll talk a bit bit later, and then you've got him him back in Doctor Who, so... Politician's Husband, though, is fantastic. It's fantastic. Starts next Thursday. We'll be talking about it. We'll Move on, because I can talk on, about yes. Broadchurch. Uh, uh, let, let's long. talk about the new yeah. Saturday night uh, 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 discussion. Uh, previously, it was The Voice and uh, Saturday Night Takeaway. It's now The Voice and Britain's Got Talent, which returned this weekend. I suppose we ought to hand over to our Britain's Got Talent expert, Mr. Matthew Donnelly, uh, for his appraisal of that programme. Yeah, it was good. Uh, that's yeah. it. Thank you very much. I will move over to me. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy. I thought actually this was a really strong sort of starting episode. Uh, mm. There was a lot of focus on you know the good talent rather than the sort of awful novelty acts. We had that in the sort of uh, you know the package packaged into the sort of buffer bits, but the main focus was on you know the really good singers. You had the the black light group who were amazing, the Hungarians. Yeah. The, the young comic I thought was really good. He was excellent. I mean, in, in just an, a brilliant way in which he was self-deprecating, got the audience on his side, but was genuinely funny as well and quick. When when they said We're at the beginning, like you know, what, is it, what is it you do for a living? I'm a gymnast. Yeah, hilarious. Um, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, I, I was the thing. I, the thing I was talking to Matt about about the Voice and Britain's Got Talent. They're competing again. Mm. If you listen back to our podcast last year, we were very much for the Voice. Even some articles I wrote for the site were for the Voice. I think Britain's Got Talent was brilliant last year, but I think this first episode was outstanding. And when this show is good, genuinely good, like it was on Saturday. I am completely. I've got, I've got tingles. It's that good. Um, well, I, I, I get completely absorbed in it. I you know that the as well. The voice has reacted. The voice is now on at eight eight yeah. o'clock this weekend. Yeah, they've moved it back now, so they're not going to clash anymore. And the mm. voice felt they've condensed it down to an hour, which I said they should have done from the beginning because an hour. Yeah, and your advice. Far too long for the voice. But, last but then again, right? Matt. Sorry. An hour and a half for Britain's Got Talent on Saturday with ads mm. flew by for yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it really if did. If you think about it, it's about sort of 75 minutes with, with the ads taken out. Really. There's it's only eight episodes of Britain's Got Talent, isn't there? Or something like that. There's only, there's, there's not... And the, then the week, isn't there? Yeah. 
So it, it's not like it feels like it goes on forever and ever. Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, Britain's Got Talent does not take itself too seriously. And the inclusion of David Wallians, I think, was a really, really good idea because he had something to to it. Whereas, uh, and there's really good chemistry between between the judges on Britain's Got Talent, where I don't think the voice. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday Sale. Get up to 45% off, plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. How's that? And as, I mean, I, as Luke I, I, said, I, I suppose four. I should speak up for the voice. I watched the voice over Britain's Got Talent, and then watched Britain's Got Talent on on record, and I, I was still entertained by the voice. It became a little bit annoying when on Twitter they went, "Wow, you know, you should watch this," and you kept feeling like you should turn over. Um, particularly when, like you say, the comic and the singer and the the uh, backlight group and the girl that had been kicked off or not didn't get onto the voice came on, so you felt a little bit disappointed by reading twitter but the, i think the voice was still an entertaining show and there were some very good performances yeah i i think that there is ta- there's a lot of talent on the voice but the, just the way they lay it out it's so you know it's it's video performance video performance video yeah. performance. It's, there's nothing else and it just you know when you get to like the ninth or tenth performance on the voice it's just yeah it's just a bit draining and, I think. and they are trying to intro- introduce the little storylines like oh none of the girls want to go with jesse J, and yeah. if they play an instrument they have to be danny so there are those little you know if they're welsh they have to go with tom you know so uh, there are the little storylines they're bringing but you're right the, the interaction between the judges isn't quite as good as britain's got talent gary if you want to get your name net ready uh, i went to the the britain's got talent press event last week and right Oh, hang on, I'm struggling with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. over there, Luke. Yep, yeah, ready. Yeah, um, Simon Cowell, actually, he was asked about oh, uh, Got it. Yep. The, uh, the voice, and he was like, you know, he was jokingly saying, is it back on? Did the BBC pay for it again? And then he said his advice to them was to fix the chairs. So, um, I don't think you see... <laughs> but wasn't, there was a little bit of a dig in the show, wasn't there? Wasn't there? Yeah, Didn't they I think you're all better for the make voice, a little bit of a... I mean, look, this isn't a bad show. It's got the talent there, but they need to sort of do something to make it seem a bit more exciting than it is. It, there's, n- there's genuinely no- nothing exciting Well, there, I think what you're missing out is apparently genuinely. there is a very good twist coming up where judges can steal acts from each yeah. other. They need to bring that forward to next week. If it isn't... <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously, they need to fix it. 
<laughs> I think they might have already filmed next well, week, but I'll ask them. Well, you don't know. I'll ask them. Moving on, because we, 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 we'll talk probably about Britain's Got Talent and The Voice most weeks when we're on. Uh, we'll probably sort of recap. So at the moment, you two are watching Britain's Got Talent and I'm watching The Voice live. So well, I, I watched okay. The Voice on previews and then um, Britain's Got Talent live because it doesn't get previews. Anyway. Fine. Okay. Um, moving on, Sunday night saw the return um, of a, a one-off that's now been turned into a three-part series, Endeavour, which, uh, if you want to... It's four-part, actually, if you want to... I made that it's mistake four. last week, Gary. I said uh, things that okay. I was going And on. I'm still as annoyed at you, Matt, I'll so you should stop and face. think what you're saying. And the important news is, is it did gain a nice, uh, nice uh, 5.6 million viewers on ITV on a Sunday night, which was... Uh, Not uh, as big as I thought it would be, though, to be fair. Share. It's a quarter share of the audience, which is pretty good for them on a Sunday night. I mean, it's not up. If you think that you know, of um, Downton was getting ten and eight, nine and ten, but it's pretty good. Um, Endeavour, which is the Inspector Morse prequel, returned with Sean Evans in the lead. Uh, an extremely good episode. I loved the the dialogue in this episode. It was so there were a genuine laugh out loud moments with kind of six fifties and sixties dialogue. Uh, the wonderful moment where you know they talk about the the, the, the pathologist as a sawbones, which is a very old term for a doctor uh and they said when they went through the contents of the lady's handbag they said a french letter rather than a rather than a uh, a sanitary towel uh, spanish practices was my favorite that was it yeah um and befuddled and things like that it was so wonderful um I I, though in everyday it's good that's because you're northern though well, isn't that, it? yeah <laughs> Uh, I went to the, the launch event. Unfortunately, I've no use for the net because I didn't get to meet anybody famous, I'm afraid. Uh, I sat Who the was there? Was Roger Allen there? Uh, no, no, no. You said none someone of the was there because you can't remember the name of. We had this conversation the other day. You said there was, I sat next to an actor. I sat next to the vicar. Oh, okay. Uh, who I can't well, remember. Out of Broadchurch. No, no, no. Out of, not Arthur Darnell. <laughs> The vicar in this episode <laughs> of Endeavour. I, I did the same thing at the hour premiere, though. I sat next to an actor from it. I had no idea he, he was in it until you know until it was on. Yeah. It was Dominic West. It must be who... fun for people to listen to how how much media moguls we are. Must it really mingling with the stars? Uh, I, yeah. I did get to. Well, I did very briefly meet the producer. I got a quick question in with him about uh, whether he thought there would be recommissioned, and he said it will probably all depend on ratings. Uh, and then, but that was just at the bar afterwards. I didn't really get an interview with him. That was just a quick question uh, that I got to ask. Um, and I uh, love how you do all your interviews at the bar. That's the best. Place <laughs> to the Come to me. I'm here. <laughs> I'd say I bought him a drink, but they were free. Um, oh, right. So, but it seemed as well that as well as a press event, there was more of a sort of a cast and crew premiere. The, the, the producer thanked a lot of people that were there, you know, for their hard, tireless work and. It really did seem like a sort of a, a, a sort of well-oiled machine that had put together the program. So, and I, re- I really liked the first episode. I thought it had a very Sherlock-esque way in which he uncovered the murderer, um, and I liked that. It wasn't a Sherlock, you know, it wasn't a copy, but it also was a good tip to the way in which Morse used to solve crime. You know, used to stample over people and wasn't very popular at times with the. Uh, Bear with us a moment, because we're about to step into a very scary world as I ask the next question. Yep. So hold on to your, hold on to your hats. Gary. Yes. If you yeah. ran ITV, uh-huh. and I already feel sick saying that, <laughs> but if you... <laughs> if you... My spaghetti's rebelling as I... If you run ITV, is 90 minutes with ads on a Sunday night... Well. 
too difficult for people. You mean 90 minutes without ads, don't you? It's, yeah. Matt, I will punch you in the face. I, I, don't, do. think it, I don't think it's even that. I think it's an hour 40, I think. I remember it. I remember yeah. timing it when I went to see it. It's not 90 minutes. Yeah. It's almost yeah. Well, it, it's two hours it, Is it too long? Really, do you know what? The thing is, is that, no, having seen it and having listened to the way in which it was discussed, I don't think it's too long because you need time to let something like that breathe. You need to be, you know, Inspector Morse is not fast-paced. It's it's village life. It's it's rural. It needs time for, for Morse to be able to go around and look at different things and investigate. It's not modern investigating. So you need time for him to get from one location to another to work things out. But I do understand that that's difficult because, you know, IT, ITV dramas, you know, look at the other ones like Broadchurch and you know other ones like that. They're fast. They're an hour. They're, they're, they're paced very quickly. But I think the pacing of, of Endeavour, it means it, it can't be an hour. I just found it a bit sort of old. I sort of, you know where it's sort of going that I found Endeavour. You knew when this new, you know, this new chief inspector turned up. You knew he was going to clash with Morse. He was probably going to sort of, you know, yeah, but... and then Morse would redeem himself at the end by sort of revealing. Mm. I so, have to I'm say though, regardless of the what... group. Well, no. I, what I, I think about Endeavour is, yeah, that, enjoy. It. I watched. I watched it all. I don't think it dragged, but I just, you know, I, I was thinking, I know where this is going to go. Mm. I didn't have done it, but it sort of, you know, it turned out to be, you know. It just, it and also, I, I have to say, I know I'm in the minority here, but I was never a Morse fan. I can't even stomach Lewis. But there's something about Endeavour that is very endearing yeah. and very... I don't know whether it's the nostalgia element, because, believe it or not, I'm not from the 60s. But <laughs> there's something nice about that nostalgic <laughs> side of it. And Jude, um, Sean Evans is, is oh, yeah. as always, just... Fantastic, and I don't think about John Thor for even a yeah, second. No, and I'm watching what that they did in this the show. I mean, the last show had that kind of very cheesy moment at the end with the picture of John Thor in the mirror uh, while sitting in the Jaguar. They've really established Sean Evans as really his own character. There's no Morse references. Yes, there's so how lots long of could this go on for so. before it gets to like John Thor's era? How long could could we have in Well, it's, in, it's kind of in like the, the the mid to late fifties, from what I could tell. So I think it's sixties, isn't it? Well, I mean, it might be early sixties. I'm not sure, but that gives it sort of twenty years worth of material before John, you know, oh, well, we're sorted. So, moving on um, to other shows at other times. Uh, did any of us watch the return of Twenty Four Hours in A and E set at King's I College Hospital? I know you're I a did, lover of the show. I did. I did. I tell you what's wonderful about. I tell you what's wonderful about this. What's wonderful about this is that I was talking to someone the other day and saying 24 hours and A and E is back, and they're saying, "Oh, that's just cheap television making." It is not. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> it is not cheap television. That. I think this fact. I know. I don't. Do you know something? Something in spaghetti bolognese. I think that's what it is. Well, what I want to. But the the reason I say that is because Twenty Four Hours in E is reality TV of a type. Drug related now. It's Twenty Four Hours in E is reality TV of a type. It is it is TV so real it is often too heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. There's there's a sort of it's just so brilliantly made, so brilliantly observed. They 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 shoehorn moments of genuine humour in there, and it it actually 
not to be too over the top about a 47 minute television show on Channel 4, but this sort of thing, this sort of program makes me proud to be British. It genuinely does. I don't think anyone else in the world, especially not America before Gary chimes in, could make something <laughs> of this quality on this subject without making it too melodramatic and over the top. It's fantastic. I would say as I well, it. It, it doesn't feel forced, the emotion in this. I mean, like, a couple of months ago when we were talking about comic relief and you were saying about how you like genuine emotion and you didn't think that came out in any of the sort of, you know, mm. relief, um, mm. appeal videos, whereas in 24 hours in A&E, I mean, the, the thing with the woman who got, I'm talking about the first episode here, with the woman who mm. got knocked down, you know, on the street I in just... that botched mugging and you were like, you know, this could happen to anyone. You know, anyone could just fall on the street. It's the most abs absorbing piece of television. That hour whizzes by. I never stop thinking about it while the adverts are on. I'm completely inside the television with these people. It's so genuinely, it doesn't feel contrived at all. It doesn't feel interfered with. It's perfect. There's little cutaway scenes, like in that first episode, I loved there was just that scene with that couple where the, the man was just sort of angrily <laughs> reading his paper where his wife was waiting to be seen in like you know in the trauma center and he was, you could tell he didn't want to be waiting for it with his wife and he was just like what I, is I, also I, brilliant about it is is the fact that it's not about the medical side of things you're not going to see shots of surgery and you might mm. see the odd bit of blood of course but it's about people it's a, it's about people. Well, in that way, I mean, it's similar to Born One Born Every Minute. Yes, you do see a lot of the medical side of it right towards the end, but a lot of it is about the journey of the of the families that are there, you know, the relationships between the husband and the wife or, the you know, the, the father and the mother of the, but of the child. But unlike One Born, where it's yeah. going to end result in a birth, you never quite know where where 24 hours and any is going to go. Yeah. In, you know, they've had, like, in the past, they've had, like, mystery illnesses, haven't they? You know, you've got, and you've got people of what, you know, you've got small children going. Mm. First episode, again, they had the 12-year-old boy who was hit by a car. Then they had the 90-year-old man who'd fallen down, you know, in the middle of the night. That and was... they, those sort of two things. And that man was absolutely amazing. I thought he was great. The the guy who used to run a circus. Mm. Last, last night's episode, before we move on with only 10 minutes remaining. Last minute, last night's episode was one of the most difficult to watch but but just completely enthralling bits of television I've seen this year if you haven't seen it and even if you think 24 hours in A&E is, isn't for you it's a masterful piece of documentary making last night I was nearly in bits no no word of a lie I know when I was talking about comic relief I sounded mm. like I had a, a, a swinging brick where my heart should be but it was just comp I was oh Please watch it. And it's get hard back to watch anything like that sometimes. But sometimes not, you need I, it. We didn't mention it on the BAFTA podcast, which is still available, but it has been nominated for the Factual series. Oh, all. right. Yeah. It'll and it's also worth enough. mentioning, it's also worth mentioning very briefly, there are 20 episodes in this run. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be on until September, August. September, I think, I think August. Channel 4 and then have definitely found a hit, haven't they, that they want to, not milk, but they want to get a full year out of, you know, they want to get a a good series out of it. Uh, and now uh, uh, Gary wants to talk about Roald Dahl for a minute. Yes, uh, Ronald Dahl's brother, Arna Dahl, is a uh, Swedish uh, writer. Uh, <laughs> Did you really call him Ronald Dahl? Uh, 
the BBC4 are currently showing double episodes of his uh, programmes, which are 90 minutes long, and it, two episodes covers one story or one book. Uh, it's kind of like oh, a kind sort of, of like Swedish criminal witnesses. minds. Uh, if that means anything. Swedish minds. Swedish minds. <laughs> where, um, whereas uh, a, a group of detectives have come together to solve, well, in the first, uh, the first two episodes, they were uh, financial killers. There's more than a nod to things like the killing and the bridge. And it's excellent. What's great about this, because it's an ensemble cast, is that each character obviously has its own little bits. You know, there's one character's got problems at home. One character is a former Swedish bodybuilder. One character uh, is a Muslim and, you know, comes from that world. Uh, and therefore, you know, whenever there's a terrorist incident, he's always looked at. One guy's slightly incompetent. Uh, just a great sort of mix of characters that I thought was really good. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the remaining characters. And from what I understand, there's a lot of good writing that you know this guy this guy has written. Uh, but it is a bit strange that it's named after him uh, rather than. Are we are we running out of these sort of Scandinavian dramas, or are they still coming thick and fast? Well, I don't think. So. I don't think so. I don't think they're coming thick and fast. I think it's just that we've n- we've well, not had them for so long. There is a build-up. Yeah. But th- yeah, I mean, some of them are coming from a, you know quite a long time ago, aren't they? Some of these. Yeah. Ones. But I, I mean, they only like Sweden or Denmark, one of the countries. They only do about two or three TV dramas a year because that's yeah. all, all they're budgeted for. So I mean, that's mm. why their drama is so good because they've only got you know so many shows they put out a year. So, so you're saying they only do. Right, two or three dramas a year, and then the rest of the schedules is just what total wipeout. Yeah, MasterChef, probably. <laughs> MasterChef, yeah. MasterChef, Swedish people, MasterChef. Yeah. Uh, Swedish MasterChef. Swedish MasterChef. Uh, moving on then, as we finish the reviews, to the preview section. Hello. Yes. Okay, that's me, isn't it? Um, <laughs> we'll that start was my with, Okay, so we we'll start with tomorrow night, ITV, nine o'clock. New three-part drama, The Ice Cream Girls, starring uh, Jodie May, uh, Lorraine Burroughs, and Martin Compson from uh, Li- uh, Line of Duty, which we were just talking about. Who's Scottish? And I never knew this until well, I started watching The Ice Cream you, didn't it? And basically, this People is shouldn't... about two girls who, who've got a, a secret past. They sort of... When they, were, when they were teenagers, and they've both come back to the same... Seaside Town, seventeen. Mm. Well, one one went to prison and one didn't. I was so there's to be already as cryptic as possible there, Luke. Without spoiling. Oh, it, but... one went to prison and one didn't, <laughs> or did they? No. Sorry, I sorry, Matt. Yeah, I don't. Think you've given it. The only thing that I can't work out from the previews and from what I've seen is what's this show about? Two girls. It's who... about. <laughs> it's about the mu- it's about the no, murder. No, it's no, about the repercussions. Place. So what? What am I watching? It's about the repercussions of and, the murder, and and both of the girls, you know, are saying they didn't do it. That's the thing. Oh, okay. It's, still, it's building up to seeing who committed the murder. Oh, right. So there's still an element of who done it to it yeah. in that sense. Oh, okay. I didn't get there's that. A, it's also <laughs> worth mentioning two things. Sorry. Two things. It's worth mentioning about the ice cream girls. Firstly. Yes, Friday is a very odd day for a brand new uh, three-part drama of Friday TV. And secondly, there's not a flake in sight, annoyingly. There is actually, Luke. Is there? Yeah, there there is a scene where they go and get ice creams from a van, and I'm sure one of them had a flake in it, so near. I'll hold you to that, Matt. If if there's not a flake in it, I will punch you in the (laughs) face. Silence again. Is this your new catchphrase, Luke? (laughs) <laughs> I'll break both of your legs and you'll be glad to have it. 
staying on Friday tomorrow night. Uh, Fox, ten o'clock. Da Vinci's Demons. Now I think this is a, another one of those sort of sexy history programs, isn't it? In the vein yeah. of almost like Time Team. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not quite sure what. But apparently, they're very, 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 very highly received in the states, and it's got a second series, which is always encouraging in that sense. So, should be mm. interesting to see uh, what happens. But I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch it. But I'll try and I'll try and find a way to watch it over the next few weeks. Talking illegally? No, illegally. Yeah, no, I won't torrent yeah. down. I torrent it. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. Good. Anyway, moving on to uh, America in prime time. Saturday night, BBC Two, ten fifteen. I think this is a documentary about uh, American primetime TV. It is, it's a documentary it's, from Alan Yentop about American primetime television. Alan Yentop. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it might be interesting, seeing as it's about something that I like, which is American television. So I, I know it's going to start... But in the I can confirm. Media, I'm hoping... I can confirm I've seen you. this. You have? I've seen this. There's not a flake in sight. <laughs> I <will. laughs> <laughs> break both Alan Yentob's legs because of it. <laughs> no. Punch him in the face. We'll punch him in the face. <laughs> and I'll steal his chips. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on to next Wednesday, we've got the Great Bear Stakeout. Uh, two parts. A bit like the Great British Bake Off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I put this on the list now. Two part nature documentary. <laughs> Um, I don't know anything more about it other than it's got bears. I can tell you a couple of things about it because I've seen this as well. Oh, Billy Connolly, <laughs> Billy Connolly narrates it. Um, it's about a group of wildlife enthusiasts that go and study grizzly bears. The closest they're ever going to be able to get, they get themselves dangerously close. Uh, but yeah, so that's close two nights. No, not a fake insight. And finally. Um, the politician's husband, but I'm sure we'll talk a bit about this next week because it's not until next Thursday. Thursday. David Tennant. Ah, uh, yes. Political drama. Uh, Luke's it in it. Is, it's amazing. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. I, I don't like political drama, and you'll be happy to know that David Tennant agreed to do it because he loves political drama. The West Wing is his favourite drama of all time. Is it? I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's West Wing esque or not because I can't comment on that but I just I just found it interesting I don't normally like politically t- uh, fueled things this is a bit different Emily Watson from Appropriate Adult and David Tennant from Everything <laughs> is just fantastic David they've Tennant also got a, a son with Asperger's Sheridan Smith isn't he yeah you know, Tennant, have we got a bit so, of time to just do the social network question which was who do you think the killer is on Broadchurch because I've got a couple of responses yes we'll go on then uh, okay yes, so go. I've got Lisa who just simply says Nige very short, short sweet. <laughs> and Andrew said, Joe to have done it slash tried to cover it up, especially after Miller saying to Susan, how could she not notice it in her own home? And, uh, and my brother's also chipped in on this one. And he thinks it's Tom. Oh, I hate family nepoti- nepotism. So yeah. He thinks it's Tom and his skateboard gang, Turf War, he's written. So, uh... <laughs> right, okay. Well, I'd, that is it. We're I'd just it under a minute. We haven't seen yet. Could be the post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When we return for the next uh, podcast, Broadchurch will be all finished. We hope to be talking wonderful things about Broadchurch. My interview with the lovely Simone McCauley, who plays Australian hotelier um, Becca Fisher, is online now. We had a great laugh. She doesn't give anything away about the final episode, but it's very funny. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very. It's always always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Lucas. If you went, whoa, whoa, <laughs> careful, you might punch you. Whoa, him. now. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Thanks, Luke. Alright. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, he's, he's gonna get me after school, man. He is. I will. It's a good thing you're up with the the skateboard gang. Alright, take care. Broadchurch, 9 o'clock, Monday. Do not miss it. Custard TV podcast can be downloaded from the website, thecustardtv.com, and we'll be back next time. Bye! Bye! Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today.